Hello, and welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, a sacred place for women all around the world to find wisdom about the sacred feminine, empowerment, and healing. From natural health suggestions, traditional wisdom, and transformative stories, you'll be immersed in topics that bring you inspiration and clarity. If you're ready to awaken the wild woman within, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast with Cassandra Wilder. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. My name is Cassandra. I'm so grateful for all of you that have tuned in every single week. It is crazy to realize that this is the 25th podcast episode. 25 episodes are here on the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. That is so incredible. I am so grateful truly for every single one of you that have been tuning in each week. So I am recording this here in Utah. I am home. I've been home for about two weeks, which is such a gift for me because normally in the summer I am traveling all over for retreats and teaching at yoga festivals and things like that. So when I have this little built-in free time, I guess you could say, it's something I don't take for granted. It feels so good to be home. It has been so hot here in Utah. And because of that, it seems that everyone is like doing yard work and weed whacking and doing all the things, which is great, except for when you're trying to record podcasts. And so I've jokingly been thinking like, wow, I I need like a sign that I can put on my window that says podcast in session, aka please postpone your yard activities for the next two hours. That would be much appreciated. (laughs) So... Those are my podcast problems of the day, but I think I think everyone is feeling my energy, which is please stop doing things outside, and it's suddenly very quiet. So I'm recording this week's podcast for all of you, and in this podcast, I'm talking about the 11 vital health tips for women, and really, these are going to be vital health tips for everyone, so it's not just for women, but... A couple of these maybe are a bit more specific to women and the kinds of imbalances that I tend to see in my practice as a naturopathic doctor. A lot of you know that I love to weave together naturopathic medicine with the spirituality, with mindfulness, with things that are seen as a bit more esoteric. And so this podcast is going to do a beautiful job of weaving these two worlds together. So when I was thinking about what 11 tips I was going to share, I quickly realized that I really have like 85 health tips that I could offer, but I didn't want to bombard you with like a four hour podcast. And so instead, I have done my best to narrow them down to the top 11 tips. Really, there's so much more, but I wanted these tips to be really accessible. I didn't want to go into anything too deep. Really, these are the foundational things that I think everyone needs to know to be in a state of wellness. And what I mean by wellness is your hormones balance, a healthy gut, your mind is clear, your emotional health is nourished. That's my vision of health. And so these 11 tips are going to be really amazing in supporting you on your health journey overall. So 
We're going to dive right into that. But first, if you haven't heard, our next round for our certified Sacred Women's Circle Creatrix training begins August 5th. We have just a couple spots left. This is the last round of 2019. This training is for women that want to bring Sacred Women's Circles into their communities, that see that there is so much value to women gathering and want to be that person that holds the space for women to gather. I've been so blessed to lead hundreds of sacred women's circles. I'm approaching my 50th retreat that I've led. And I can tell you this has been the most transformative work of my life. So this training is, it's in depth. It's for women that are really ready to say yes, to show up for themselves, to do that hard healing work themselves, to look at their own shadow, and then boldly step forward and lead others through the same healing process. This training is absolutely incredible. It is my baby. It is what I am most proud of. It is an eight-week online program, and then it includes a four-day inclusive retreat. So if you've been following me on Instagram or just been following along with Goddess Ceremony for the last few years and felt inspired and thought, that is so beautiful, I would love to do something like that, then this is for you. So you can click in the show notes or just go to goddessceremony.com slash certified creatrix and you can grab one of those last spots. So let's dive right into health. Okay, I'm going to share my top 11 tips. So let's start with number one, one of the most basic foundational things that we all need to be doing for our health, and that is to opt for organic, fresh foods always. Now, notice I said opt, meaning to do your best. I'm not saying that you need to, uh, you know, become obsessive over it, which I think is actually becoming really common in the natural health world. They're they're calling that a new type of eating disorder where we are so, so, um, we just have this need that everything must be organic or be extremely healthy all the time. And it does become an obsessive disorder. And so what I'm saying is to opt for organic fresh foods as much as you can. And so organic foods are going to likely have a higher nutritional content and they're not going to be sprayed with non-organic pesticides and herbicides. So likely these foods are going to be better for you overall. And when I'm saying fresh foods, I'm also saying foods that are natural, meaning eating some zucchini and broccoli sautéed in coconut oil rather than picking up a bag of chips. Even if those chips are organic or these pretzels are organic, that doesn't matter. Opting for things that are fresh and nourishing in the most simple form possible. I was just listening to a really good podcast about these buzzwords like paleo and keto. And, you know, if you go into any health food store, or really any store anymore, you can find, you know, a protein powder, you can find a candy bar that says paleo approved or keto approved. And the podcaster was making fun of this really, because if we're following, say, a paleo diet, which is saying kind of like how a caveman would have eaten, this caveman wouldn't have been eating an organic chocolate bar with all of these super random ingredients that kind of sort of make it paleo. If you're truly going to eat paleo, then you really want to eat how our ancestors would have eaten, which is fruit, vegetables, some grains, maybe high quality proteins, and keeping it really simple. So don't overthink the the need for food as being, it needs to be paleo, it needs to be keto. Focus on it being as holistic as possible and as nourishing as possible. And I do share this with my clients as well. If you do consume dairy products or meat, 
Those are two things especially that need to be organic. And so if you are doing your best to slowly transition to a healthier diet and maybe having some financial struggle as you make this transition because sometimes organic food is more expensive, then just start with the basics, which is your meats and your dairy. Those need to be organic because they are so full of antibiotics and hormones. They're generally corn-fed in terms of the meat, and it really is just such a dark industry anyway. And so that needs to be your first priority to make sure that those items are organic, and then all of your produce to be organic or local as well. Okay, my second tip is to remove the toxic three from your diets. The toxic three is just something I came up with. And these are the things that I think are the most devastating to our health and they're also hidden in the most foods. Okay, so these are artificial sweeteners, these are low quality fats, and these are high sugar products. And sometimes we'll find foods that have all three of these in it. And that would be something that I would just call a garbage food. It's doing nothing for you. An artificial sweetener is such a such a big subject. I could talk for like 20 minutes just on that subject. Artificial sweeteners are being linked more and more to all of these devastating health conditions. And yet I think a lot of us with common sense are not are not surprised by that. So artificial sweetener, the two big ones are aspartame and sucralose. But these are also your sweet and low, NutraSweets, um, Equal. I'm trying to think, you know, when you go to a diner and they have those little packets on the table, what, what are those brands? Those are artificial sweeteners. And especially when you look at something like aspartame, which is often in sodas, gum, anything that says no fat or excuse me, no sugar or low calorie, generally these are gonna be artificial sweeteners. Aspartame itself is actually made from E. coli, which you've probably heard is something we generally think of as bad. It is a bacteria that can be in the guts. It can also make you very sick if you ingest it. And aspartame is made from the bacteria E. coli. And when that bacteria is in the lab, the E. coli creates um, like a byproduct, like almost like the, the bacteria is producing a waste. And then that is the waste that we have synthesized into an artificial sweetener. So I don't know about you, but when I think about that, nothing about that is either appealing or natural in any way. So you wanna go through all of your foods, especially if they're packaged, and just make sure that they are not containing any artificial sweeteners. Low quality fats are, you know, I guess you could say if you can go to the grocery store and buy it in a gallon jug for under $10, it's probably a low quality fat. And in general, these are gonna be your canola oil, cottonseed oil, vegetable oil. These are ones that are very inexpensive, and if you eat out a lot, usually that's what they're using in their fryer. And so, you know, even if you're going to a fast food place and you think, well, it's just a french fry, it's just a potato, but they are likely deep frying it in either soybean oil or cottonseed oil or canola oil. And these are low quality fats, meaning that they affect our cholesterol in a negative way, and they're going to increase our LDL, which is a what we want to stay low, and it's not going to support our HDL, which is what we want to be high when we're looking at our cholesterol. 
So you want to be using high quality fats, and I'll talk more about those in a moment. And then lastly, just your high sugar products. Sugar cane is one of the most common genetically modified crops in the United States. And so not only is sugar linked to all sorts of health conditions, but we also know that most of the time it's also genetically modified. Now, if you're a health nerd like me, (laughs) then I would highly recommend looking into the work of Dr. Weston A. Price. He was a dentist and he traveled all over the world at a time when there were still indigenous cultures that hadn't been infiltrated with what he called the white man diet, which would be white flour and white sugar. And so he went to very rural places uh, like rural tribes in Scotland, in Australia, in Alaska, places where these groups had not yet been infiltrated with these modern foods, with these processed foods. And so he was showing how after the infiltration of the white man diets, how quickly their oral health declined within like two or three generations. You're seeing massive deformities of the mouth, cavities, things that these cultures had never experienced before. And so totally a tangent, but it's fascinating. There's a book you can buy about it that um, shows, you know, what these people's teeth looked like and how nourished they looked and how healthy they were. And then as soon as you get that processed sugar, the processed flour, how quickly their health declined. It's very, very fascinating. So those are the two, or excuse me, the three big things you want to remove from your diet. The artificial sweeteners, low quality fats, and your sugary products. That totally does include your soda. Number three, know what foods feel good in your body and focus on those. One of the most common questions I'll get on Instagram, on my blog, when I'm like on the airplane and someone sits next to me and says, you know, what do you do for a living? One of the most common questions I'll get is, so what diet is the best one? Should I be vegan? Should I be paleo? Should I be keto? Should I do the whole 30? Should I do intermittent fasting? Um, And I appreciate that people value my opinion and want to get my perspective on things. But this question is one of my least favorite because it's usually disappointing to people because I'm not going to tell you ever that one diet is the right thing for all people. So what I like to focus on with my clients more so is what feels good in your body, what feels really nourishing in your body after you eat it, and then focus on that. There are going to be foods that are touted as healthy that don't feel good in our bodies. For example, Chia and I were just not friends. I don't know why, but I just never feel very good after I eat anything with chia, chia pudding, chia in a smoothie. It's just not my thing. And so even though I know it's healthy, it has all sorts of amazing minerals and vitamins, it doesn't feel good in my body. And so I'm not going to consume that. I'll focus on the foods that do feel really good in my body that almost make me feel bionic and fulfilled and super nourished. And this just means we need to tune into our bodies. We need to be aware of how things feel in our bodies when we eat them, which is really, really key. So you could track exactly what you're eating every day, or at least after every meal, just be aware of how you feel. Do you feel bloated? Do you feel tired? Or do you feel really energized? Do you feel satiated, but not weighed down? This is really important. This is also important because a lot of people have low-grade food sensitivities because of our guts are uh, 
in some way unhealthy, it's very likely that we'll develop food sensitivities. And not everyone is like celiac, severely allergic to gluten, but we might be sensitive to things that we're eating every day and things that you would never think of like a cucumber or asparagus or coconuts. And so when you learn to tune into your body, you can also determine maybe what foods aren't feeling good. You can eliminate those for a little while and then work with someone like me and we'll get to work on rebalancing your gut so that we can fix the problem and then slowly reintroduce the foods. Number four, to drink half your body weight in ounces of water every day. And the key here is to drink nourishing water. So (laughs) this is such a big subject just in this. So half your body weight in ounces of water is really important. So if you weigh 140 pounds, you wanna be drinking 70 ounces of water a day and maybe that sounds like a lot but i think if you get a really good water bottle that's big that you know is like 30 or 40 ounces and you just know you have to drink at least two of those a day it'll make your life so much easier but water really is so vital and there's so many amazing books out there that are just about how when we are dehydrated that affects every system in our body and is connected to many health conditions So let's start with the basics and just make sure you're drinking enough water. And then, of course, we would generally want that to be nourishing water. So here's a hint. Uh, Tap water is not nourishing water. That water is dead, and it also likely contains chlorine and fluoride, which we know negatively affect our gut health. So do you see how so much of this is connected? People come and see me and they say, how in the world do I have... Not very good gut health. I drink kombucha, like I'm, I work out, I'm doing my best to be really healthy, but sometimes we don't think of these little tiny things like drinking tap water and how that chlorine can kill off good gut bacteria. So there's a few options with your water. Spring water, of course, would be optimal. So if there is a spring in your area, you could drink that water. Just, of course, make sure it's safe to drink. Or you could do something like reverse osmosis water or RO water. You can put these systems in your house and depending on, you know, if you're just doing one little tap, it can be pretty inexpensive. If you want to put it in your entire home, it can be thousands of dollars. Uh, Most health food stores though will have an RO system. And so you can just bring a big jug. I think I have a couple five gallon jugs that I'll bring in and fill up and that's the water I'll use. But know that reverse osmosis water has had everything taken out of it. Meaning there's no chlorine, there's no fluoride, but there's also no minerals. And so you need to put those minerals back in. So every time I have a cup of water, I'm putting in a little bit of sea salt or maybe squeezing some lemon into it, something to give it more substance. So water is really important. That's the most basic, basic element of life. So make sure that you're drinking plenty of water, but also make sure that the water is good for you. Number five, we're almost halfway through. And this is to increase your fat intake. So, dear 1990s, (laughs) you led us all very astray when you told us that fat is horrible and that we need to all be on a low-fat diet. That was one of the most terrible things I think that's happened in the modern health time. That in and of itself, I think, threw more people off of the true healing path than just about anything. 
you need cholesterol to produce hormones. And so especially if you have a hormonal imbalance or if you've wondered about that or if you do have you know, cysts, if you are struggling to get pregnant, these are all symptoms that maybe there could be a hormonal imbalance. And we need to make sure we're eating enough fats. Otherwise, our body is not going to produce the hormones that we need. And we want to make sure we're increasing our good fat intake. So we already talked about the kinds of fat you want to avoid. So what are the good fats? The good fats are coconut oil, grass-fed butter, ghee, avocado, olive oil, sesame oil, these fats that are so nourishing to the body. So you could do two to four tablespoons a day. And ideally, you just mix it up a little. So in the mornings when I'm sauteing my veggies, maybe I'll do coconut oil. And then later in the afternoon when I'm making lunch, maybe I'll use some ghee, which is clarified butter. And then maybe for dinner when I have a salad, I'll put on some olive oil and sesame oil. So I'm mixing it up to make sure I'm getting all of the different kinds of fat that I need. And you will notice such a difference in your skin health, in your mood, and likely in your hormones as well. Okay, number six, stop using commercial pads and tampons. Sometimes I feel like a broken record because I say this so many times a day. It's absolutely key. I have a whole other podcast about that. You can scroll back to the very beginning when I talked about menstruation and then I did another one about menstrual cups. And so there's lots of that information already out there, but just know that commercial pads and tampons are not good for your body. And most of the time are made of GMO cotton. And many times they are bleached with dioxins and laced with xenoestrogens. And all of these are going to cause all sorts of issues later on down the road. So make sure you are using either organic products or a menstrual cup, my personal favorite. Number seven, go to bed at the same time every night if possible. And remember that for hormones, really the optimal time to go to bed, most experts agree upon is around 10 p.m. And I know that's kind of laughable for some of us, and I am not saying that I go to bed at 10 p.m. every night, but it's a good goal that I work towards and I'm getting better uh, at reaching. So um, by going to bed every night, we give our body consistency if we're going to bed at the same time. And so in general, I think most people would agree it's advantageous to go to bed at the same time and wake up around the same time every day for hormone health. I have seen women get pregnant, for example, simply by normalizing their sleep routine. And so that's how big it can be. If we're all over the place, especially I think if you know we're working overnight or graveyard and then the rest of the week we're you know, going to bed at night, waking up in the day, it's, it's a tricky thing. Okay, so just try your best to go to bed at the same time every night, wake up at the same time, and ideally we're in bed around 10 o'clock for optimal hormone levels. Number eight, move in a way that inspires you. We all know that exercise or movements is important, but I really think this should be an enjoyable practice. So if going to the gym and walking on the treadmill for a half hour is like, the bane of your existence, it is like you would rather do just about anything than do that, then don't do it. Find a way to move that you really enjoy. And that might change sometimes. So if yoga is really, really powerful for you, then go to yoga. 
If you love walking, if you love group fitness classes to get that motivation, that inspiration, then do that. But I think it's important to find a practice that you truly enjoy that's also nourishing your body. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that one of my favorite activities is to go for a long walk because I live in Salt Lake City. We have the mountains here and so there's a lot of hiking trails and geez, one of my favorite things in the world is to go for an hour or an hour and a half walk in the evening at sunset, get some good cardio in a way in because I'm walking up a mountainside. But then oh, I don't know. It's just, it's so beautiful. The sun is setting. The breeze is just starting to pick up. It's so special to me. And, you know, maybe that's not as effective as going to a hit class or going to a kickboxing class or something, but I truly enjoy it and I look forward to doing it. And it's easy for me to make time in my routine for it. So just know it doesn't have to be the conventional going to the gym or hiring a trainer. Whatever it is that you really enjoy is what you need to focus on. We've got just three more. Number nine, remember the power of your mind. I will at some point do a whole podcast just on this subject because it is so important. But know that your mind is truly probably the most important parts of your health. So if your mindset is healthy, then you are healthy. If your mindset is not healthy, then your health probably is a struggle. So there's so many directions I could go with this, but just know that what you think and speak and believe shapes your reality. And so if you wake up in the mornings and think my life sucks and nothing ever goes my way and life's just such a struggle, then that is creating more struggle for you. If you wake up and say, I am surrounded by people that support me, I am in a safe space where I can speak my truth, then that becomes more so your reality. Especially too, on the health journey, this is vital. So if, for example, you are healing your guts, right? That can be a fairly large journey for some people. If they've had major gut dysbiosis, some major issues with the guts, it can be a lengthy journey. If you are on that journey and everyday thinking, I don't even know if these herbs are helping. I don't know. I just I just want to go to Chick-fil-A today. What's the point? Then that's going to make this experience harder. But if we choose to say, I am doing amazing things for my health and I love myself so much and I will do whatever it takes to feel good in my body. Wow. How does that reshape our entire health experience? I have been healing my own gut fairly recently Um, because even as a naturopath, you know, we have health things come up too, and it's exciting in some ways. That sounds kind of weird, but sometimes it's kind of exciting to get to be our own guinea pig and to think, okay, now it's my turn, right? How many people have I put on a gut healing protocol? I don't know, probably a hundred. So now it's my turn to do the work and to prove to myself that this really does work. And I've been doing that over the last few months, and there were moments when I was like, this this is so hard. But I continue to focus on my mindset, and it feels so good to finally feel more nourished in my health. And yeah, don't forget about the power of your mind. Number 10, find a stress-relieving activity. And 
Again, this is another one of those tips that probably feels like, duh, everyone should be doing that. But how many of us have a stressful day, whether it's at work or with our kids or with family, or we just get one email that derails our entire day and we get so grumpy and annoyed? How often is that our reality? And we just stay stuck in that tense, irritated, annoyed state. Finding a way to relieve stress is really, really important. Whether that's breathing, going to a yoga class, meditating, sitting at your altar, being outside for a couple minutes every day, find the practice that allows you to take a step back, reevaluate, and calm down. One of the reasons why I love my evening walks so much is because that's one of my favorite stress relieving activities. Because as I'm walking, I feel like I can just drop all the things that are weighing heavy on me, continue to move forward, maybe push myself just a little bit, and then, if I time it right, (laughs) hit the top of the peak right at sunset so that I can really be reminded of, of how much bigger life is. And these little things in the grand scheme of things are not the end of the world. And I can breathe through it, find gratitude once again, and move on. Last, but certainly not least... Number 11 is remember that prevention is key. It is much easier to prevent an issue than to try and fix it later. So even if you don't have any known health issues, or if you feel like in general you're a healthy person or you don't really get sick much, know that these tips are still really, really important. And we really don't want to wait until something goes wrong to be in a state of, oh, maybe I should fix that, right? So when you look at your car, you get a a regular oil change because that's going to help keep your car the way it needs to be. (laughs) If we wait until it breaks down on the side of the road, then likely it's gonna be way more expensive and it's gonna just be a bigger ordeal. So if we continue to prevent issues, then we keep the whole system moving much better and our bodies are the exact same way. So just know that even if you feel like a really healthy person, these health tips are still very, very important. Prevention is vital. All right, those were my 11 vital health tips for women slash every single human being in the world. And know that you don't need to start with all 11. You can start with just one and slowly work up from there. Just switch to organic as much as possible. Remove the artificial sweeteners from your diet. Know what foods feel good and cut out the ones that don't. Just make these little changes and you'll notice how your health improves. Or if you're like me and you are the kind of person that just wants to dive 100% in, you can totally do that as well. But have compassion for yourself. Know that healing is not linear, that it's not going to look the same way for anyone. I could have 20 clients all presenting similar symptoms, and my the way we heal these symptoms are probably going to be completely different because every person is different, every person's life experiences are different, our emotions are different, Just know that your healing journey doesn't have to look like anyone else's. So these are really good places to start. And then you can move up from there and continue to find your own best version of health and wellness. I hope you all loved this episode. If you want some additional one-on-one support, please know that I'm here for you. You can go to goddessceremony.com slash naturopathy to book a naturopathic consultation with me. If you want to have someone 
go through your health history with you and really figure out the best game plan forward. That can be such such a big thing just to have someone else walking the journey with you, holding your hand when it gets hard and reminding you that you are capable of healing yourself. So much love to each and every one of you and I'll see you in the next podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining us for the Goddess Ceremony podcast. We hope you found inspiration and healing within this sacred space. If you're feeling the call to join us for an upcoming Sacred Goddess Retreat or transformative women's leadership training, now is the time to rise. You can find details about upcoming retreats and trainings at goddessceremony.com. We'll see you in the next podcast, sister. Thank you.